0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Sandalanche podcast. I am Jamie, and with me this week is
1: Dak and Data
0: and no Joe. Oh,
2: It's Joe's anniversary, uh, everyone, so he's getting yeah. the day off. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 are we gonna do? Be upset that someone missed a, missed a week? Oh, oh well. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like we ever like, like we have a leg to stand on?
0: No, no legs. Okay. Well, this week we are covering Elantris, chapters 23, 24 and 25, uh, wherein Sereni's widow's trial is underway, and she has assistance from Raiden, who she does not recognise. Raiden observes ongoing in Elantris and contemplates Dilaf's age and influence over the K priests, and Raiden and his people are making use of the supplies from Sereni and make a discovery that may help them unlock secrets of the magic in Elantris. Lots of things happening in these chapters, so hang on to something. The Sandal is about to begin. Just.
1: For anyone, to let you guys know, uh, in the middle of recording the intro here, my computer gave out, so I am on my phone recording this, so I may not sound as awesome as usual, or maybe I sound way better. I have no idea. Probably not the latter, but you know. So if, uh, I'm sorry if the sound quality on this one isn't great, this is going to be the the episode where Joe's gone, and I sound horrible, just no one's going to want to listen. Yeah, so Joe is gone this week, but he left us... A few minutes of him telling us what he thought of the chapter so he didn't have to miss out. So I guess I'm going to put that in right about now when I go, hey, everybody, what did you think of the three chapters you read this week? And I don't know <laughs> if he'll be first or last or in the <laughs> middle just for fun, but uh, it'll be one of those, I'm sure. So what did you guys think of the three chapters?
0: Um, I like them again. Not as much happening as what I sort of thought there would be, particularly with, like, horizons chapters. But I'm so far enjoying The Widow's Trial. And, you know, it's sort of sad to see the effect that that's having on everything that Raiden and Galadin have sort of accomplished so far. But it's a bit of fun, I guess, Raiden being in there with Sereni and all his friends. Bit sad that, like, no one recognizes him. I'm like, oh, come on, surely someone goes, hey, you look familiar. Um, but I guess he's trying not to look familiar. As much as possible. I thought surely someone would go, Yeah, you're familiar. But no one's expecting to find him in there either. So I guess it kinda of makes a bit of sense. And really cool little insight into some magic. You know, having a, a an area of a lantress that's been untouched by the rayode?
1: Shared? The rayode, yeah.
0: <laughs> the Shayod,
1: the Shayod is when they become Elantrians, and that's what it was called before everything went bad. Also, and then the Rayod is like how it, it going bad, basically.
0: And the Hoed is the ones who will pass it.
1: Yeah. See, there's just so many crazy, I almost said stupid words. That's not fair. There's so many crazy words that it's hard to keep
0: track. So of It's new words. crazy words. It's
1: not. Even um, as much. There's
2: so many of them. It's just that a lot of them are very similar. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. But um. Yeah, it was it was nice that we Raiden's starting to figure some things out. He's getting better with the Aeons and you know, Aeon doors come back in as well a little bit here. But it'll be really good to see what's actually going on and, and you know, a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel that maybe they're they're not actually dead and there might be some hope for them, which is lovely. I hope there is.
1: Great. Wouldn't that be nice?
0: They deserve a bit of good news, you know.
1: And I, I agree with what you're saying about it. It's sad that it, like none of his friends recognize him. He's trying to avoid them for the most part, and he recognizes Serene immediately, despite having only seen her, you know, via Seon. But yeah, it's sad that nobody notices that uh, this is a guy that they knew really well.
0: He does seem to be going to a fair amount of effort, though, to to sort of stay under the radar, I guess, in terms of his identity. If someone was looking for him, they'd probably figure it out, but you know, he's trying to hide his mannerisms and little things that he would have done normally that someone would go, hang on a minute, that's familiar. So mm.
2: like, I can get it,
0: um, but Serenity doesn't know him that well. So it's
2: true. Yeah. yeah, these chapters were good. I f- yeah, I agree. I was, like, I was expecting a lot more chaos out of this than actually happened. I was especially expecting Shayor's bestial guys to just like start attacking willy-nilly. That didn't quite happen, so like, okay, that's curious. But so was it? I don't want to say more subdued, but it was just a. I guess it's just more of that tension. You're you're waiting for the bomb to go off, and it doesn't go off, and so it's just amping amping up the fear factor even more. So that that was cool. Yeah, like probably the biggest thing I got. Well, the two biggest things I got out of this was yeah, finding out the magic is um, still around or in some capacity with this little magic pool at the end. And also, halfway through Serene's chapters, chapter, we cut back to Raiden's viewpoint. and like, whoa, that's not... Whoa, hang on, hang on, hang on. That was a bit of a jump. I wasn't, ex- I wasn't prepared for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it didn't feel it, quite right. <laughs> yeah. Jumping back to someone else, I was like, whoa, what?
2: It like, may be the
1: first time. I guess not the very first time. It's one of the first times any of our main characters have been in the same place as any of our other main characters for any length of time, so...
2: No, well, Serena and Ethan have crossed paths a few times before this, but yeah, it's yeah, like I get why storytelling wise, like you had to have this, you had to see the other side of the coin, and the way the chap, the three chapter triads are structured, you couldn't possibly get that in the order he got. But yeah, it just felt like such a jar. Like, oh, hang on, why? What? No. And then eventually it settled back down, but just like that, that that was a break in structure, and it was kind of kind of scary.
1: You're 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 breaking down the the what you've given us for a whole half the book so far, Brandon. What are you doing?
2: You're messing with the order, man. Don't mess with the order.
1: <laughs> That's the best part of of him setting up this structure for the whole book so far is that now he can use it to mess with you. Yep. You have expectations.
0: <laughs> um, That's clearly what he was going for.
1: Right. These chapters feel like we're on the cusp of, uh, of like, things happening. Like, like kind of like Dax said, actually, because he's like, I expected there to be more. Like, even with Shaor's men, like, something feels like it was about to happen. And I really think that th- these chapters are us on the cusp of things are about to happen.
3: Hey, it's Joe. I want to talk about the chapters now. So, uh, yeah, these chapters were good. I really like the trade negotiation in the first tra- chapter. Uh, between Raiden and Sereni, I, I feel like their back and forth was also really fun. Uh the the whole negotiation scene where uh Marishi's playing Andon, very fun. I really wanted to figure her to figure out that it was him, but it's understandable that she didn't. Hopefully we'll have time for, for a reveal on that. And so that that's pretty much the whole first chapter for me. It was it was kind of a fun but also sad kind of thing where she doesn't realize it's him and He's kind of just playing, play-acting there. Second chapter, right off the bat, the first thing I noticed is you get another mention of the pirate Crush Throat. They keep bringing this guy up, and I gotta think, like, there's something behind that, right? It's not just, they're not just bringing him up for no reason. So, that was something that was interesting to me. But yeah, I mean, Hraithan's having trouble keeping his faith. Diloph, he, he thinks maybe Diloph would be better suited for what he's trying to do, which is kind of different. So... And then, yeah, the the last chapter, Raiden helps Serenity distribute the food. She's been helping him, or he's been helping her every time that they come in. But we kind of, this whole chapter is really kind of a, a downer, honestly. And I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately with these chapters. But, you know, Raiden's pain is getting worse. Uh, we hear a little bit about Galadin's backstory, which is really sad. And then we at the very end, you know, there's kind of some, like, hope of something interesting going to happen. And we do find, like, a hidden area where it's hasn't been affected by the by the shayad and all that stuff but then they they go to this like melting lake which is very strange so yeah very interesting interesting discussion about what is keeping the magic from working i really liked all of it and um very strange this lake thing the old man so obviously there's something more more going on hopefully with these new books and this untouched part of Elantris will get a little more involved with what's actually going on there. Hopefully that'll be something that we get soon. But yeah, that's uh, that's what I thought about the chapters. They were all good. So now I'm going to move on to my favorite, <laughs> I guess, moments. I already talked briefly about like Raiden and Serenis back and forth. Very fun. And this mention of Crush Throat again, I have to reiterate, just very different, interesting. There's got to be something more there. I, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, i kind of feeling for Raiden now, you know? Like, he, he took uh, Omen, I guess. I, he, he took his words to heart, and he's really trying to think through, like, what do I believe? Who am I? What do I do here? And then, yeah, oof, Raiden, just sad. <laughs> every every time we go back to Raiden and the people in Elantris, I mean, it's a sad situation to begin with, but I feel like we're getting more and more and more. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have uh, to talk about this week. Sorry, I'm not around to to get your back and forth on this, everybody.
1: If I remember yeah. correctly, and I don't don't quote me on this, but I think the next uh, I think next week's chapters will be things happening and very interesting. Woo! So, yeah. Chaos. I guess let's get into these chapters. Okay, let's do this. It's funny, like chapter 23, according to my Kindle here, is exactly 50% of the way through the book, so we are halfway. Uh, at the beginning of these chapters, I assume that we will have progressed. by. <laughs> Someone called Bon Jovi. Uh, so we get we start with Serene this time, I believe. And Yundel and Shuden are both going with her to meet the uh, the lords of Elantris, as it were, quote unquote. And we get her perspective on Spirit slash Rayodin,
2: Which like he's Straight away, I'm just like, whoa, we skipped over their first meeting in person.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess it kind of did. Like, who knows? I guess he he walks up, he's like, hey, come with me or something, and
2: that's yeah, where we come in. It's like maybe it's a mundane thing, but even so, I'm just like, oh man, that's uh, it's one of those things in my head that's like that's got to be way more monumental than. I mean, sure, Serene doesn't think so, but
1: uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, for Rowden, it's probably a big deal, huh? Yeah. I can. I understand why you you don't move on to that in his previous chapter though, because it's a it's a much better sting at the end of the chapter. Be like, no, you have to practice being Anden.
2: Oh yeah, his his chapter ended at a great place. It just and seeing it from Serene's uh, perspective might not have had as great of impact, but it still feels just like, a, did we just seriously skip that? I don't know. There's no there's no solution to this. There's no good way without ruining something. So yeah,
0: I was just kind of like Spirit Spirit. We know someone named Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm having a slow morning, everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Cause she's like, what's your name? And he says, they call me spirit. And she thinks that uh, it is a fitting name that he's, he, he's a ghost of what he once must've been, which, ouch, that kind of hurts if you're routed in at least. And so they go into this building, which they're worried about. They're like, this is like, it's about to collapse, but that's all the buildings in Atlantis pretty much. Right. So beggars and choosers. Um, <laughs> And so we have our friend Marishi pretending to be Andon, and then Karada as herself, and they're like, "Okay, what do you want?" And Serene's like, "I thought you guys were enemies." And Andon's like, "Well, we we realized that you know having an alliance uh, could be beneficial." And I like she thinks of him as uh, his his small face shriveled like that of a rodent. Brutal. Pompous, self-important attitude was exactly what Serene had expected. And I'm like, jeez, Marishi's not that bad. I mean, he's a little bit pompous maybe,
2: but. Marishi is gonna like build a. Like I'm, I'm surprised he, like, he doesn't just press a button. She falls down a trapdoor or something. It's like that's the Marishi <laughs> special.
1: I totally would be. Or like there's a giant Rube Goldberg device like <laughs> drops an anvil on her head.
2: It's like, oh, you insult me, do you? Well, prepare to have a visit from the slime bucket and just pulls a lever <laughs> and like the roof collapses and she gets drenched.
1: Oh my gosh. That's what you we've been doing all that slime. Okay, now I get it. <laughs> Been wrong, all preparing for this one moment and then they tell her that sheor is dead which honestly I feel like maybe you want to be honest about Shayor. Uh it's like look you could go but it's not going to be a good thing like these there's some of these people who are just nuts and they warp you apart and you don't want to mess with that like that's maybe the way I yeah, would it's go pretty, with it but...
0: pretty risky lie
1: especially considering that those wild men could show up at any time yeah like mm-hmm. seriously and uh, I like she, she's like, uh, like what do you want and she's like, I want to bribe you. And it's like, oh, okay, then. Karada's like, well, what have, what need have we of your bribes, woman? And then I love Serene. She's like, okay, look, you guys are obviously not great at this, so it would be a waste of my time for us to have extended negotiations here. I want to bring people food. I know you guys are in charge. I want you to let me bring them food. And in exchange, I will give you stuff. What do you want? And I like, she's like, you have a scribe to write down our demands. And Serene says, I do, and turns to shooting. Like, that's a little demeaning to be like, yes, this is my
2: scribe. <laughs> I wonder, did she run that by him beforehand, or is he just like, like yeah, know how much I paid for this paper? <laughs> I assumed that this was the plan since he had a paper and pen
1: to pull out, or a pencil, it says a charcoal pencil, but still. And it was a very extensive list, but it's all kind of mundane stuff cloth, grains, metal sheets, links of wood, straw, and oil. She says the, the the message was clear. Rule of Lantris depended not on force or wealth, but on basic necessities. She still doesn't understand that they don't have basic necessities.
2: So well, again, that's just something no one's really explaining to her. Took forever for her to work out. No one feeds them. Like, that's like the big, I'm, the biggest thing.
1: I'm still uncertain. She believes that they never get food at all, but she clearly uh, knows that they don't have enough food just yeah. based off the reactions that we see. And Serene's like, is that everything? And Karada's like, well, for the first few days. <laughs> and Serene's one rule is you have to let the people come to me. You can't keep anybody from coming. And Karate gives her word that they will not.
0: I think at least they're getting something out of it. They're having an opportunity to say, well, we need all of these things. Right. You know, It's not a complete write-off. When you first saw Serene come into the city and they were like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> there goes our plan. At least now they're still getting something out of it, even though it's not what they wanted to happen. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, if they really did get a, make a big list and she comes through on all of it, that's that's great. They haven't even been able to make any new clothes because there's no cloth. So if they just some cloth so they aren't all dirty and gross all the time would be amazing. But uh, not to mention, like, they asked for several grains and stuff so they can plant more food. Did they ask for grain? Yeah, it says um, yeah. the cloth, and then through moved through various grains. So several grains,
2: apparently. Oh, I assume that was cloth being made. Look, I don't oh. know how cloth cloth is made, but you know, like how textiles something, work. But
0: something about like filtered through grain or something. There was it, it was worded a bit strangely.
2: Yeah, it is worded a little bit strangely because it
1: says that uh, the demands began with cloth and then moved through various grains.
2: Oh, the demands are what moved. I thought the cloths yeah. were what moved through the grain, and that was some sort of manufacturing process I didn't quite understand.
0: I wonder I wonder they... You know what? Beggars can't be choosers, guys. You get what cloth you get. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, we, the, we only want the highest quality cotton. Bitch, you get in wool. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: it's like if, nothing less than a thousand thread count.
2: Uh, <laughs> we're, we're
1: very particular here in the
2: Polar fleece? Who the fuck wants polar fleece? <laughs> uh, just,
1: I, I can't even, it's like, what, leather? We're, we're, we, we want we don't want leather jackets. How's that going to help us? Mm-hmm. Uh, although on just did make a great deal for some silks uh, to be sold to Teod, so, you know, maybe she can get in on some of that. Maybe. Sure. We want some silk gowns here in Elantris. It's uh.
2: They have to be shimmery. It'll be great. (laughs) Serene's like, sorry, the entire silk stock's been promised to (laughs) Teod. Yeah, probably.
1: (laughs) At a very good price.
2: I was going to say, at those prices, I don't. not going to let that go. Nope.
1: He's like, whatever silk I can find to stick on a boat, it is going there. Uh, Yeah, and you're right. I actually didn't even notice i don't think uh, this time through maybe i did the first time that it, right in the middle of her chapter we sw- switched her out into marie she's like was that good enough my lord and marie she's so proud of himself I, I i i uh haven't had much experience with acting but i think that i played a properly decisive and intimidating leader
0: i think i nailed it
1: yep i haven't acted much but i'm pretty sure i'm perfect
2: at it <laughs> and both radon and karate are just immediately it's like he was neither intimidating nor decisive <laughs> It's like, man, everyone just, everyone just dunks on this guy, and he's making everything for them. I get he's got a bit of an attitude problem, but he's loyal, and he is building them literally everything. So give the guy yeah. a break. It's true. Well, like, Galadon especially. Galadon just seems to hate Marishi, and so we've seen him just,
1: like, be flat-out mean several times. And it's like, dude, really?
2: <laughs> I think that came from, because Marishi was their first recruit, Galadon was just like, no, no, Raiden is my best friend. <laughs> like who's this other guy trying to take my best friend? <laughs>
0: uh,
1: you know, in Duladel they have special uh, you know friendship requirements. It's very it's a yeah. it's a whole thing. I'm sure. Duladel's known for their friendship. <laughs> just, just, that's going to be our new running joke. It's just like oh yeah, Duladel's known for that. <laughs> and Galadon is there and he's like she suspected something and Ron's like well yeah but she doesn't know what so let her su- suspect Andon and Karada are playing tricks on her. It, that actually works in our favor. It's funny that they have Andon or Tan, so th- they have the real one in their group, but they're like, nah, let's get let's get a fake Andon. that'll be way better, like, Tan's too
2: weird. <laughs> well, Tan, he's too Tan busy
1: is... looking
0: at all
2: the sculptures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's completely forgotten, it's like, I was a leader?
0: <laughs> he's like, he's lost he... his
2: mustache. Yeah, exactly,
0: that's what
1: it the is. The, the, is. Must the mustache has been taken. Can't can't be ending without the mustache. Hopefully, he has. It.
2: Well, I mean, they don't mention it, so we can only assume that he does. Right?
1: Yeah, I'm just assuming he does. Yeah, <laughs> unless they specifically say he has no mustache on his what, like rat face or whatever.
2: Three I was
1: thinking it was big mustache rat face. Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> mustache rat face. What a name.
1: Uh, Galadon is like, why don't we just like tell her the truth, bring her to the chapel, let her see stuff? Which is my whole thing. I'm like, why are we doing this thing where we're gonna lie to her? And uh, Rotten's like, no, 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 we can't let our secret out. The people of Erlon tolerate Lantris because the Lantrians are so pitiful. If they discover that we're actually organizing ourselves, then uh, their fears will surface. And th- there's a big difference between a mass of moaning wretches and a legion of unkillable monstrosities. Which, yeah, okay, when you put it that way.
2: Yep, yep, can't argue with that.
1: And Rotten's like, uh, <laughs> Galvan says she's determined. And Rotten's like, yeah, I don't think she likes me very much. And Karada's like, well, I mean, yeah, she does think you're the lackey of a tyrant, so why would she like you? I don't know that Karada uh, is in on the fact that this is his wife, mate, kind of. so It's a weird situation, because the contract said if he died, they were married. But he didn't die. Really. Or maybe that counts as dying. I'm, just, I'm not sure if they're married or not at this point.
2: Everyone seems to regard becoming an Elantrian as dead. So, even the Elantrians, Elantrians regarded as such, yeah. so... Hell, Radon so, yeah. himself said that. Maybe it
1: counts then. And so Radon wants to go and watch or attend all of the handing outs of stuff. That's his thing. And I like that he even, he's like, this is like a sneaky woman. He's like, I, she doesn't strike me as the type to do anything without several motives. And I wonder just what made her decide to come in here and do this. So he likes her, but he's also like, she's a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm suspicious of her. She's cunning. She is. That is a good word for Serene. Yeah. And then we come back to Serene and Ian does what? Well, hey, that went well. And she was like, yeah, we can give him all this stuff. It's cheap. And she's like, oh, I hate dealing with these kind of people. And the other two are like, I mean, they didn't really look much better off than anyone else we've seen here. So maybe it's not a matter of them being oppressive tyrants as just people who are also oppressed.
2: Some people rise to adversity a lot better than others do.
1: That's true. And clearly some people react very differently to it, as we've seen. Karada got uh, motivated when she saw the children. And other people just, they walk in and just stand there, basically. Or if you're Galadon, you just wander around and uh, hear the rumors.
2: (laughs) You hear the rumor, right? The more we talk about it, I'm just like, so is Galadon Jeff Goldblum?
1: (laughs) That's exact. After I watched that clip, now every time, I'm just like, Galadon is absolutely Jeff Goldblum. like, so you hear the rumor. (laughs)
2: You heard the rumors, right?
1: I, I mean, you seen the movie. I just saw that one clip that you after you talked about it on that episode. But now it's just in my brain. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. it makes sense. They're, like The dogs also, in that movie, got exiled to basically a garbage dump where they can't leave. So... It totally fits. Yeah.
1: But uh, she, Shireen's like, no, you guys don't know about the horrible stories I've heard about this place. The guards say this, and Shireen just raises an eyebrow and then looks over at the guards leaning lazily on their spears and... She's like, okay, fine. Maybe they aren't the most reliable source, but they're what we have. And also, look how hungry all these people look. And like, She thinks these people look terrible and hungry because they're being oppressed, which is part of what I was saying. Like, I think she still doesn't understand that like these people don't get food. It's not that the, the, the their oppressors are keeping them down and taking things from them. Nobody gets food.
2: Also, there's an interesting little note here, which I don't know if we knew before, but she says, oh, you know, I've seen... This sort of, these sort of people in Fjord and in Hrovel and all these other places. I'm like, I didn't realize Serene was quite so well-traveled.
1: I think it was one of the first things we learned about her, actually. Cause was she, it? Yeah, we find out, like maybe in her first chapter, that she's been on, like, she worked for her father's diplomatic corps and has been to lots of places as, like, a diplomat. Uh,
2: okay. Uh, I, I could have forgotten. That was a whole baby ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it was a very <laughs> long time ago.
2: see so, Yes. She she knows
1: a thing or two and has seen a thing or two, which really I feel like conflicts with her whole thing about like how she spent her life in Teod and all the people like they respected her, but they didn't like her or whatever. And I'm like, it sounds nice to me like you spent a lot of that time in other countries where people didn't know you at all, but whatever. And So she's they're going to start pulling boxes off the cart and she's like Ahan, You also have to help. You Can't sit over there to the, on the sidelines. And he's like, I hope you appreciate my sacrifice, Serene. This slime is absolutely ruining my cloak. Which, yeah, the, you know, the front area they have cleaned of slime, so it's all gross out here. And she's like, I told you to wear something inexpensive. And he's like, I don't have anything
2: inexpensive, okay? Whose fault is that?
0: <laughs>
1: Maybe you don't understand how rich I am. I think you need to wear a monocle. <laughs> uh... And then Royal just shoots back. It's like, you mean you actually paid money for that ugly, that horribly ugly robe you wore to this person's wedding? I didn't know that shade of orange even existed.
2: And it's so, like, okay. So he's taking potshots at orange. Queen Eshin <laughs> was taking potshots at orange. And then later on in these same chapters, I think Raiden and Galadon were just like, fuck, they gave us the worst kind of orange ever. What does Brandon have against orange?
1: I think Eshin didn't like yellow, wasn't it? was it? Because she yeah. was like blonde and yellow are different things.
2: Oh no, she said she liked orange, and and she's meant to be the idiot we like we disagree with everything on. So <laughs> it's like, so it still comes back to Brandon hates orange.
1: Well, I I think, and maybe this is just my headcanon, I think that when she decides to give them ugly cloth, she remembers this conversation, and it's like, what was that uh... super ugly color that you said that his outfit was? Because that's what I'm that's... gonna give
2: him. Nah, okay, yeah, I can see that. Oh, so serene prison i'm gonna give him cloth like prison jumpsuits
1: oh yeah i didn't even think of that that's kind of true <laughs> uh and royal is 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 helping though slightly injured it says uh rumors had had that he'd fallen one morning while climbing out of bed so it, it's very easy to forget how old this dude is
2: yeah i think i do forget sometimes it's like oh yeah royal's not like yeah you know, he makes jokes about being a dirty old man but you think it like that it's like oh yeah. You know, late 50s or something, maybe. And it's like, no, this guy could actually be pushing 70.
1: I think it, I think we may have found out earlier that he's in his 70s, but I'm not one of
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the way he talks, it's so easy to forget. Yep.
1: And that's what she says, in, or what she thinks in the chapter, is like, it's easy to forget that because of his attitude. Yeah. He has a spry attitude. <laughs> and so she's just, you know, handing out boxes, and then she at some point realizes that Spirit is the one taking the boxes from her. She's like, you! I wonder how long it would take you to notice. <laughs> but he's been there ten minutes to help unload. And she's like, why why's that guy here? Like, yeah, apparently his master ordered him to watch. Apparently, Andon trust you about as much as you trust him. So I, I like that in the uh, in the the story they've created, Spirit Works for Marishi. Yeah. And then she slips on some slime and he right and catches her. He's like, careful, it takes some getting used to walking in here. And then it says she pulled her arms out of his grasp. His helpful grasp. Thank you, she muttered in a very unprincess-like voice. I don't know what that means exactly. Like, is that a bad voice? No.
0: Maybe she grumbled know. something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Condescending or something. I don't know.
1: I feel like a princess might be condescending. Like, I don't. I don't know what. <laughs> what is what an is unprincess-like that? voice? Maybe
0: she was too kind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's too friendly. Well, and see, and that 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 was actually my thought. Is she like? Is she getting a little personal with him when she says thank you and almost embarrassed? It's like, oh, I well, wasn't, like, aloof enough to be a princess there. Or is she, like, rude and snippy, and that's why it's not princess-like? It could go either way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. So, yeah. They're handing out food. He's watching. But uh, nobody's coming to take the food. And Street's like, why, why aren't they taking any? And he says, well, they're scared and disbelieving. This much food must seem like an illusion. A trick their minds have surely played on them hundreds of times, and so he picks up a turnip and just munches a big old bite out of the turnip.
0: I can't yeah. imagine that a turnip is a vegetable you'd want to eat raw. There was really right. nothing else, dude. I mean, but I guess if you're that hungry.
1: I was thinking maybe if you sliced it up and like put some little pieces in a salad, like a like you do with an onion or something, then maybe a turnip raw wouldn't be so bad. But I'm not eating it like I, an apple
0: yeah
1: (laughs) what's the other vegetable that you put in a salad like that i think
2: yeah it's onion
1: or radish or radish that's the other one that i was thinking of thank
2: you i once saw a dude in high school like i i know i I never knew this guy it's just like one of those people you pass in the corridor you recognize the face you don't actually know who they are and like every time i passed him like it's like oh you know dude's got another apple he's just eating an apple like whatever he's the apple guy uh and and then (laughs) Then one day I passed him a little bit closer, and I got a closer look at what he was eating. And that wasn't no apple. He was eating, like, an entire bulb of garlic.
1: Oh, God.
2: And I was like, whoa, that's intense.
1: That is really intense. What on earth?
2: I don't know. Like, I know nothing else about that guy except he went from apple guy to garlic guy.
1: (laughs) Those are two very different guys in my brain, apple guy and garlic guy. Yeah, right? (sighs) One's crazy. What is apple. very crazy, yes.
2: It's like, and I just flash back to every other time I've seen him eating an apple. And I'm just like, I thought, you know, look, I like a good apple too. So like, oh, having <laughs> having an apple a lot of a lot of the time, that's fine. But like, he that means he ate shit tons of garlic.
0: I can't imagine it would <laughs> be nice. Also, I just always think that like, once you just eat so much garlic, I'm sure you start to just smell like garlic.
1: Yes, I would
2: absolutely agree that that is almost certainly a thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I never know what happened to that guy. He was in a different year than me, so like I said, don't know who he was, don't know what else, anything else about him except he just ate garlic. i never, ever, always wonder what happened to that guy.
1: He turned into a clove of garlic. <laughs> that guy went on, on to become the Prime Minister of Australia.
0: Oh dear God. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh,
1: you ever watch the um, the CinemaSins, like, uh, Everything Wrong With videos?
2: Yeah, yeah, all the time. I love those ones. Because that's
1: the first thing I thought of when you said a guy eating an apple. I'm like, oh, so he's an asshole. <laughs> so, yeah. We want you to eat an apple so you look like an asshole. Or so the audience knows how much of an asshole you are. Whatever they always say it in Um <laughs> uh, But no, see, there's nothing wrong with being an apple guy. There, there's something deeply wrong, I feel like, with being garlic guy. But I don't know. I you, i, I mean, to make I him happy. Judge. Yeah, right? As long as he's happy, I suppose. Yeah. And, well, and Serene even thinks, like, wow, that raw turnip must be, like, raw or bitter. And, uh, except he seems to really be enjoying it. And that's enough to trigger everyone else to be like, oh, hey, we can eat this food already then. And even, and and she, the, the nobles start actually seeming to think of these people not as monsters. Even a Han, like, a little girl walks up and he, like, smiles at him when she, she gets her little bag of food and, he pauses for a moment. and It seems to actually affect him. And then we cut to afterwards, and she's talking to her seon. She's like, "There's something about this dude, Aish, the spirit guy." Like,
2: finally twigs. Oh no, he's the leader. Well, yeah. Apparently, Marishi's acting
1: was even worse than we originally thought because she's like, "Yeah, Anthony kept like looking over him at him as if for approval during our discussion."
0: Good giveaway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so she's like, H, uh,
0: he says he hasn't talked to any of the
1: people in Elantris lately, so if something has changed, then maybe he wouldn't know it. So she wants him to go and find out more information about this spirit dude. And she's like, maybe you're stretching yourself a little thin. Like, you've already decided to confront the Guarn, liberate the court women from masculine oppression, save Errol's economy, and feed Elantris. Maybe you just let this one go.
0: <laughs> All in a day's work for a tear, princess. <laughs> yeah, see, prince, being old princess is hard. Well, what can you do? she's up to the this
1: challenge
2: one, it's fine she just she just really likes puzzles like if you gave her a crossword book she'd probably be done for the day
1: yeah i can see that and she's also very like worldly and like traveled and bright so i think she would be good at crosswords oh yeah but i, I like her responses. is like no you're right i am way too busy to deal with this guy that's why you're gonna go find out for me and we end her chapter with her being like yeah i shouldn't care what this guy thinks so why do i care what this guy thinks She's already maybe a tiny bit crushing on Spirit.
0: Because you're married to him.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good reason. Nope. That's my husband. And <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Horathen's chapter, and it starts out with he's hot in his big ass blood red armor in the bright sunlight. Yeah, that's uh,
0: that'll do it. I keep forgetting that his armor is red, mm. and then it brings up that it's red, and I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: I always forget that he wears armor all the time until they say it, and I just imagine him, you know, walking around in clothes and preaching or whatever. And then they mention him, like, oh right, he's got like this big ass plate armor with like shoulder pads or whatever that go out a foot to either side of him,
2: probably clanking around. I mean, probably get, makes his sermons a little bit more intimidating, right? I, I imagine if like if you went to church and the priest was up there delivering a sermon like with a full suit of plate mail on, you'd be like, um probably more inclined to listen than the dude in the robes right the the you now
1: you had my interest now you have my attention <laughs> yeah but uh, he's standing up here apparently there's a bunch of people up on the wall and he is among them watching serene getting ready to hand out food and all these people showed up because after all of rayton's preaching they expect the lanterns to come and rip her apart
2: watching it like watching a sportish shark fight fucking what yes for a shark fight i want to know more about that come on you gotta you, you
1: gotta read at some point the lies of loch lamora because they have it like the city that it's set in is like a is kind of like a venice type place you know with canals all over the place yeah and one of their big entertainments is they have this big open water area and they it's called uh, the shifting revel i think is what they call it so it's like all these boats kind of move in a circular pattern around the outside. And on the inside is the entertainment where there's several different versions, but they'll have, uh, people like convicted criminals. Sometimes that if they survive, they get some off their sentence and they are sent out there to go into the water and they are given some random weapons and they have to fight the sharks.
2: Oh my God.
1: And apparently they're like really vicious, like sharks that will leap up and like rip your arm off as they fly. through the air
2: and, Uh, it's hardcore that's intense yeah it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing anyway
1: I, I think i've recommended that before but people uh, listening check out that book if uh you're uh, interested in a very intense experience
2: i mean when i have read shark fight i was kind of thinking more of a uh, you know like basically a pokemon battle with two sharks um uh, yeah maybe but I guess, I guess it makes more sense if like they you know the guys on the wall are watching this like it's like this. You're clearly expecting someone to get ripped ripped to pieces. So it makes more sense if it's a person in there.
1: Also, I feel like an actual fight between two sharks would mostly happen underwater, which you probably wouldn't see that much.
2: No, they just need the wizards to magic up some some like glasses that can see through water.
1: Oh sure, there you
2: go.
1: <clears throat> but yes, yeah, so he's watching as none nobody gets ripped apart, and his whole plan starts to unravel. His whole thing was making these guys the devils that everyone hated, and now Serene has cut him off, and people are going to find it hard to hate them. And that's when Duke Tellry pulls up. She's like, I warned you about that woman. Now the people will never hate Elantris. And Wraithan has to do some quick talking where he's like, oh, no, no, it's it's fine. She's irrelevant. Really, I mean, she can't keep doing this for long, and people will forget fast afterwards, but even then... This was only a little part of our whole plan. I mean, you're still going to be king, right? He's you, you're you're going to have the most money. And Tellurie's like, I don't know. He's recently got some new contracts in To and everything. like, Nah, it's not going to be enough. We crippled his finances. It's, it's all good. Oh dear. <laughs> so, Creyton's like, in his mind, he was already like, Oh crap, things are falling apart. And then Tellurie shows up and is like, Hey, things are falling apart. And he's like, Oh no, 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 it's fine, man. It's all good.
0: She hasn't gotten done to a real plan. <laughs> <Wow>.
1: <laughs> and tell her, he's like, I'm warning you, Raith, and don't assume me some Dorethi pawn. I go along with your plans because you were able to produce the wealth you promised. But I'm not just going to be pushed around by you. And Raith's like, oh, I wouldn't dream of it. I don't know. No. Like, he takes him in, in his carriage for this conversation. And at some point, he stops and he's like, so my mansion is that way. Uh, you can walk from here to wherever you're going. And Rathan is not happy about it, but he's not going to say anything.
2: <laughs> okay, later, you're first.
0: <laughs> exactly. You're on my list.
2: You just wait till we're in
1: charge here, and then you'll sh- grumble, grumble. And then we get see, back at his chapel. There's some some discussion going going on about how like wow we've never had so many conversions, I and mean, you guys never had a Gorn here before, so maybe that's part of it, but whatever. <laughs> And then Dilaw's like, no, I remember a time after, like, Drio Crushthroat throat, assaulted Teod, where there was a wave of conversions. And he Joe actually... Yeah. Yep. I was thinking actually mentions in his section that same thing, where he's like, they meant to keep mentioning this guy. But that leads him to realize that Dilaw has to be a lot older than he thought, because he's been thinking he's, like, 25 years old, but this Drio Crushthroat throat guy was, like, 20 years back or something. And if he was already a priest at the time, that means that he's got to be, like, like, 40s at least. And so he's been, he's been trying to get somebody to take the head Hedarteth job, but none of the artists he's talking to are interested in it. And he's like, oh. And he starts to realize that uh, Dilaw told him in the beginning, like, he had come from this other place where he had been, like, the guy in charge of the church, and he brought a lot of the priests with him. He brought a lot of the followers with him from there. And so he's like, huh, so maybe like Diloph has a lot of power over these people and that's why they're all turning me down. But there's bound to be at least one of them, right? That'll take this job. And so Wraithen is between a rock and a hard place with Diloph maneuvering within his own church to kind of seize control almost and with a serene battering his plans from the other side not to mention tell in the background like just he seems to be just waiting for him to screw up hard badly enough that he can try to back out of their agreement
2: jimmy what'd you say before uh, we were recording about what you thought dillard was doing
0: oh there's a line in the there's a line in the chapter and i'm not sure exactly where it falls in but it's he it's something about raven couldn't see because it was like the room was filling with smoke like that that's how much visibility he had over the situation and I misread it and I was like as the room filled with smoke and I was like oh my god who's still that burning now (laughs) he got another lantern. I was like I don't even (laughs) he's like something wild this guy would do
1: oh yeah I see that line it's like his heart was as unclear to him as a room filled with smoke yeah Yeah, I could see how I even just now I did that same thing I misread that I'm like as the room filled with
0: smoke what
3: (laughs) Diloth has decided like just to just gonna, burn him. Yeah, we're just
0: gonna <laughs> glide past that something's on fire. Oh wait, no.
1: <laughs> but he he even thinks for a moment after this that point where he's just like, maybe, maybe we'd be better off if Diloth wasn't in, was in control. Like he has that faith, and I'm not sure that I do at this point. And I, it was kind of surprising to me. Like we saw his conversation with Father Omen in the last set of chapters. Where Father Omen's like, well, what happened to your faith, man? And I never expected, when I read that for the first time, that it would hit this guy so hard. He seems to be really like, like Father Omen knew just the right thing to say to make faith and start to doubt everything. He's like, well, I don't have faith, do I? What, what did happen to it?
2: It's having a massive existential crisis. Yeah.
0: This is this well, uh, he needs little to old the all the
1: time. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. Gotta. That's how you stay confident, is with the armor.
0: Yeah, it's all about deception.
1: Yeah, this little Karathi priest, I feel like, is is uh, maybe sneakier than I gave him credit for. And then we cut to Rowden's chapter, the first of the next section of chapters. And Rowden's sitting here and uh, making fun of uh, Ahan's daughter. So Ahan is a big, fat guy, and apparently his daughter is very sl- slight-framed, it says. And he's like, I think maybe she needs the food as much as we do. Which is funny, because you know Rowden knew this girl outside, so he's, he may have been waiting a long time to be able to say something like this without uh, <laughs> people being like, dude, but she's the only woman brave enough to come with Serene. <laughs> I think she only agreed because sh- I had Shuden ask her.
2: Uh, again, with Shuden being like the <laughs> chick magnet.
1: Well, it probably helps that he's like one of the richest single guys, but yeah,
2: oh, but he's though, very handsome. Yeah, I was going to say, when he was showing off while the girls were fencing, like, they were all just like, their jaws just dropped. Mm hmm.
1: But here's the part where he starts thinking about how, like, yeah, him and Shuden have been friends, and now Shudan barely notices him. Same way with Iandel and Keen and Royal and even Lucal. He's known Lucal since they were kids. They're, like, best friends. So not being recognized is kind of harsh.
2: Well, I guess, like, he made a point in one of the previous chapters when he finally got a good look at his reflection. Even he didn't recognize himself physically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's just that warped by it.
1: And he reiterates that here. He says he barely recognized himself anymore with his wrinkled skin and spindly body. Even his voice was different. Which I feel like may have, and I don't know if it's said explicitly, but I've always felt like his voice may have changed a bit after what happened when he went in the river and ended up with, like, a lung full of water and was, like, hacking it up when he got out. And she's, like, careful, or you'll, like, feel like you have a flu for the rest of your life, a cold for the rest of your life.
2: He's gone from an Edward Norton to a Tom
1: Waits. (laughs) But yes, he and this is the first time that I feel like he makes a point that uh, actually is a good point for why he shouldn't reveal himself. Because up till now, I'm just like, why are you not telling the truth? Why would you not tell your friends who you are? Serene and all your buddies, like, they're not going to hate you because you're in Lantry and all of a sudden. But he's like, look, I know that I'm way more popular or was way more popular with the people than my dad. and so. If word of my survival gets out, people – there would be people who want to follow me, whether or not I'm in Lantrian, and I do not want civil war to break out. So finally I'm like, okay, here's one decent argument. Still not a great one because I feel like no one's going to start a civil war on your behalf if they don't have you on their side probably. And so as long as you're like, no, no, I don't want anyone to fight my father, then I don't think it would be an issue, but
2: maybe. I guess people do weird things in the names of other people that they look up to. It's true
1: true
2: someone's just gonna show up one day and it's like
1: hey we killed your dad and made you king aren't you happy no <laughs> i didn't ask you to do that and he's getting to know serene a little better and decides that he actually really likes her he's like where her the letters had hinted serene fulfilled she wasn't like the other women in the early court yeah that's because they're all were mostly stupid so that's that was Shudan's problem, too, if you recall. He's like, oh, all the women in this court
2: twittering like idiots, just, I can't stand them. Well, they've had ten years of a king telling them that is their place, so fair enough.
1: No, yeah, I don't necessarily blame them, but it's just like, yeah, no yeah. wonder Serene strikes him as very different from all these others. And to be fair, Keane's wife is apparently a member of the court, and she is not like that, so. Not all of them. And he has noticed how these lords that had been part of his team have all fallen in behind her, and they, like, follow her orders, and defer to her judgment, and he's really impressed with her. She was impressive in every attribute. Intelligent, beautiful, strong. Now, if only he could convince her not to hate him. Oh, and Duke Tellry showed up this time. Uh, he has a manservant, like, uh, doing the actual handing out for him, but he's hanging out over the side. Which, this is the bit where I
2: was expecting Shea Order to show up.
1: Well, I agree that that would make sense. But in all honesty, my first thought was, should you... Should you tell him, like, hey, you want to see your daughter? She's here.
2: She's I feel, annoying. But. I feel like uh, e- even if Sheol wasn't quite a threat, Raiden probably wouldn't do that to Tellry her publicly here because mm. that would that would upset Serene's efforts and would just throw further chaos into the mix, which he's trying to avoid, so. That's true. I mean, he could have whispered in his ear, but, uh Yeah.
0: Tellery he would know that his
1: daughter's there, right? Well, Tellery he would. Tellery he knows that she went into a I guess he wouldn't know whether she was still alive or not. It has been two years. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because that would that would have to surely awaken some feelings in him. She's like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to have anything to do with it.
2: Yeah. So, by the way, we saw your daughter. She leads a group. Of, she leads a gang now. She's <laughs> kind of a ma- kind kind of a maniac, but hey, you know. She's found it, found a good position in the world. Like she grew up. She got a job.
1: <laughs> You're like, she's kind of a maniac who leads a
2: gang. And he's just like, I'm so proud. <laughs> she has people who work for her. Great. Like, well, yeah, yes. they can barely talk, but. See, at the very
1: least, I thought maybe he would be like looking around to see if he could spot his daughter. But he's just hanging off to the side watching with lazy eyes, it says.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like he probably thinks she's dead. Yeah.
0: Also, I feel like Serini probably is not too thrilled about him not partaking directly, but he's not close enough that she could bark orders at him. I guess.
1: Right. He's he's not part of the crew, so he doesn't listen to her. And
2: the one yeah. time we've
1: seen them interact was at that one party where he's like, Oh, we haven't met. And then after they were introduced, he ignored her entirely. So.
2: Yeah. He's 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 just here because it's what the nobles are doing now. Yeah. It's the it's the new cool thing.
0: Keep up appearances.
2: He is a slave to trends.
1: (laughs) It's probably 100% true, actually. But Spirit has, uh, Rowden has gotten himself an unofficial job as the guy who, whenever all these noblemen show up and are super nervous and unsure of what to do, he walks over and greets them and makes them, uh, gives them a more relaxed impression so that they are not completely terrified of helping to hand out food. He just did it one day and now he's expected to keep doing it. So I guess it gives him a good excuse to be there for all the food handing outs if he has a little job. And uh, he he's trying to think positive even here where he's like, So yeah, Seren's thing has caused us a big problem. But they were, we are getting vital goods for our quote unquote cooperation cooperation. I can talk. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to rebuild after this. But in the long run, maybe it'll be OK. But then he's like, well, maybe they're not going to be a long run because I haven't even been here a year and these pains are just like, jeez, I can't take it. And he also is having a little bit of an existential crisis where he's like, maybe my pain isn't stronger. Maybe I'm just weaker than everyone else. But day's going to come soon when I'm going to end up in the Hall of the Fallen. So they hand everybody a little sack of food with... um, He gives a list of various things that are in it. And Galadon shows up and he gives him an extra full bag. And the same with... uh, Salem, Marishi, and Krata, they all get extra food because they're going to go and store some of it, but give the rest to the Hoed. Some of the fallen were able to recognize food and Rowden hoped that eating regularly might help restore their minds. So far it had not. And uh, so the gates close, all the nobles are gone, and now they have to find a way to get their boxes of bribes back to the uh, New Elantris, as they're calling it. Apparently last time they just had to carry them all by hand, but their bodies are not as strong as they once were, so it's not a fun thing. And so Marishi has fashioned one of uh, these slim metal sheets into kind of a sled that they can drag. He coats the bottom with grease and they drag it through the streets of Elantris with the help of the slime um, that's everywhere to pull these boxes somewhere else. And this is where Galladon's like, well, he like, finally did something useful. Like, dude, quit being an asshole to Marishi. Seriously.
2: Yeah. Like, what, what have you invented lately?
1: <laughs> and I uh, like it. It says Marishi snorted indifferently. But Raiden, could see pleasure in his eyes that Galadon had finally acknowledged <laughs> that he was being useful. And it, sa- it says that Galadon refuses to acknowledge his ingenuity, complaining that he didn't want to further inflate Marishi's ego but Rowden thinks that that's probably impossible. His ego is as big as it could get. <laughs> and Rowden's like, fine, let's see what the princess decided to send us this time. And Caledon says, watch out for snakes. <laughs> so yes, the, the the first box contains several bales of cloth of a sickeningly bright orange. So, uh, And Caladon's like, jeez, that's got to be the worst color I've ever seen in my life. And Rowden
2: smiles, is like, yep. Sounds and Kaladon's like, mm-hmm. And you clearly never had to wear anything olive colored <laughs> burn
1: olive that's 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 apparently Dax yellow is olive it's the color yeah.
2: of snot
0: <laughs> keep oh, that in like. mind next time I wear something of an olive color
1: right Jamie's like oh geez my wardrobe is going to need some editing yep, you, know? yep. <laughs> you have anything
0: olive depends on your definition of olive <laughs> are we talking black olives
1: green olives i mean there's, there's all sorts of no that's not fair
0: <laughs>
1: yeah everything black black's the worst color just throw it all out <laughs> well okay. that's all your wardrobe jack yep <laughs> nice um but yes rowden is he's he's just he thinks it's funny he's like i like seeing the ways that she finds despite us and so serene Sticks to the letter of her agreement and gives them everything they ask for. But she's looking for ways to uh, to mess with them.
0: What does she hope to achieve by doing that, though? Isn't the whole point of the widow's trial to be helping? Well, but the helping is the part where she's giving
1: out the food to people. These are the bribes that she's given to be allowed to give out the food to people.
0: Mm.
2: So She's like, I can mess with these people. Yeah, she still thinks she's dealing with oppressors here, so she's just giving him absolute shit oh, yeah. because this is her way of saying don't fuck with your people.
0: Yeah, yep. that's
2: fair. She's like, You're gonna you're
1: gonna force me to give you all the stuff? Well fine, I'll just teach you. But yeah, so they asked for steel. Previously they and they did mention this the first time, they'd asked for sheets of steel. And she delivered twenty plates of metal pounded so thin they almost floated when dropped. <laughs> So this time she asked they asked for steel by weight, and she sent them bent nails. Thousands of bent nails. Not even nails that can be used for building something, bent nails. <laughs> Where do you even find that made? Did she like buy nails and have them bent?
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> he just, says four, Just just, just gave just gave them all to Casey. It's like, hey, I need you to do something for me. Sure, here you go. <laughs> It'll be fun. Because he says that. Eonic,
1: the blacksmith, is one of the few entrants to have remained true to uh, Rowden. So most of the people have uh, wandered away distracted by the free food. The rest of the plies wa- supplies weren't as bad. The food was stale, but Karata had stipulated it had to be edible. The oil gave off a pungent smell when burned. Rowden had no idea where she even found that. And the knives were sharp, but had no handles. Which
0: oh, was Yeah. See, I would say that's not a knife.
2: I agree.
1: I'm trying to picture, I assume it's like the blade with like a little bit of a tang sticking down where the handle would normally go, so maybe, yeah. I, think, I, don't, I don't know.
2: She, she got all the knives with handles and broke the handles off. Ugh, just... It's, Again, yeah. like, who was, the, who was the effort for that?
0: I love so how true. much effort, like, Karata and the gang have gone through to carefully word their demands so that this doesn't happen. And then she's spending just as much time (laughs) on the other side going, okay, now how can we mess with this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's a fun relationship that's
2: developing here. I like it actually. You you just got me picturing like Serene taking the handles off the knives and bending the nails herself and shooting an eandel and the rest are just standing over and just watching yourselves like, do you think you're being a bit too petty with this? There's No such
1: thing as too petty when you're Serene. (laughs)
2: It's like the, all their meetings, she's just sitting there bending nails as they talk. And I was like, do you have to do that now? Yeah,
1: they're having a whole meeting and she's just the whole time, like, puts Natalie into the table, like, hammers the end a little bit to bend it. like, okay, there's one. <laughs> That's very distracting. Could you stop, please? Oh, no, I got to get, like, 3,000 of these bent. So unless you want to help, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like, you can go to a blacksmith and buy, like, bent nails somehow. I don't, I don't know. It's really weird.
0: Manufactured seconds.
1: Well, I was thinking like, you know, after a house has been torn down or something, and they're like, well, here, here's all this metal you can melt down to make something else. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. <laughs> she went okay. to the wreckers.
1: Yeah, exactly. The junkyard. Whatever. like, at least she hasn't figured out why we demand wooden boxes, since all the wooden r- lanterns is rotten pretty much. They're using these boxes for lots of things. And Galen's like, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if she left them unsanded just to give us splinters. Uh, Galadon says this while sorting through a pile of rope looking for the end so he could begin unraveling the mess so they asked for rope and she gave him like a big knotted up like Christmas lights bunch of uh, rope
2: (laughs) that one I I believe could just be a happy accident because like you throw a rope into a box and it's going to come out like that anyway it's true and Galadon's like dude if that was
1: the woman you're going to marry then Domi did you a favor by sending you here instead and Ron's like no she's not that bad and see, Marishi says the same thing Jamie said. Like, why is she going, why is she trying to aggravate us? Why is she, like, doing this? And uh, Rowden's explanation is, I think she actually has figured out that we don't actually have that much power. So she has to fill our demands because we made the deal. But she doesn't feel like she has to keep us happy because she knows that we can't actually stop the people from accepting the food. And so they're sitting there. I think I think it said that Rowden has, like, 20 people left from like the large numbers that had started to come to him in new Elantris. So he he's kind of depressed about the whole thing. He's like, yeah, this place had such potential if only for a week. And I like, no, nah, we'll get there. It's, uh, we'll get there again. It's fine. Car comes up. He's like, Hey, why have you changed? And I was like, Oh, I didn't have time yet. And it's like after all the work that mistress, mayor, Mary, whatever, went to sewing you a proper outfit. And so he goes and changes into clean clothing. Which that's nice, as we discussed. Like they they didn't have any before. Of course, the colors left something to be desired. His shirt was yellow dyed with blue stripes, and his trousers bright red, and his vest a sickly green.
0: Oh,
1: maybe fine, that's maybe. olive.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to picture this, and it just it's hard to get it all in my brain. The yellow shirt with blue stripes, and the bright red trousers, and the green
0: vest. Plus they and their skin is dark and patchy, and
1: yeah, really good look. Probably she hard to have a good look at attention.
2: all at that point. I was like, Where did she get these clothes? Turns out she raided the, the wardrobe at the, the, the local clown college. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
2: Galadon gets a
1: pink and light green outfit.
0: Oh, uh, pink and green should not be seen without a color in between.
2: <laughs> that rhymed. That's good. <laughs> I'm gonna say, Is that an actual phrase?
1: Uh, right. yeah. it sounds like an old thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know that there, that, that there were uh, all these color advice out there. Uh, <laughs> I'd be wearing pink and green today. No, I'm not. I'm wearing you green. You what? Not
0: color in between. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: but anyway, be ugly orange. Yeah,
1: exactly. The orange breaks <laughs> up the pink and the green. It's perfect. Yep.
2: Beautiful. <laughs> Did you say that like that was uh, one of Brandon's books that we're going to get to at some point with had a heavy focus on color?
1: Yes, color is very important in Warbreaker.
2: Warbreaker. Are we going to you having these conversations all the way through that book?
1: I don't know, actually. That's a good point. <laughs> if we'll find out. There's going to be all sorts of pink and green in there, maybe. Who knows? Oh, dear God.
0: <laughs> I'll have to write
1: Brandon
2: a letter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, dude, you don't understand. Uh, let me explain to you. But no, so apparently y- yet another thing that the doulas are known for is that they are fond of garish clothing. And he's like, uh, that's the aristocracy, the citizens and the Republicans. I'm a farmer and pink isn't exactly what I consider flattering. OK, Colo? and just like, dude, someday I'm going to find the scholar who told me all doulas were even tempered and force them to spend a week locked in a room with you. OK. <laughs> Meanwhile, they run into Saland on their way to see Karada because Karada is sewing up a gash that he has taken. And they're like, dude, what happened? And he says, I slipped, my lord. And one of them got me. Salem's soldiers had not thinned as badly as the rest of New Elantris. They were a stern group and not so quick to abandon newfound responsibilities. However, they'd never had much numbers. They barely had enough men to watch the streets leading from Shaor's territory to the courtyard. Each day, while everyone else gets food from Serene, Salem and his men have a fight a bitter struggle against Shaor's beasts to keep them from overrunning the courtyard. Sometimes you can even hear the the howling in the distance.
0: That is a tough job. That would suck. Yeah. Yeah. And Salem's really good about all these gashes and things. Like, he must just have a really high pain tolerance or something, because there's no amount of newfound purpose that can make up for some of these injuries, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they lost another guy today, so that's not going to make the next day any easier. And he's like, how did you even get this kind of cut? I've never seen them use anything but, like, sticks and rocks. And he says that they've changed. Some of them have swords now, and whenever one of my men falls, they drag his weapons away from him. So Radon's like, so some of these guys are smarter than they are pretending to be. They're not quite as bestial as they would like us to believe. And Salem's like, we could just let them into the courtyard. And uh, Radon says, no, even if they didn't kill some of the nobles, the Elantrian city guard would slaughter them. And Galen's like, well, yeah, but wouldn't that be good for us? If somebody else fought Shahor's men, that that seems like a win. And Run says, no, I feel like the princess has a secondary purpose behind this trial. She keeps bringing different nobles with her as if she wants to acclimatize them to Elantris. is like, why? And he's like, I don't know. But if it's important to her, but it is important to her. If Shehor's men attack, it will destroy whatever she's trying to accomplish. I've tried to warn her that not, not all Elantrians are as docile as the one she's seen, but I don't think she believes me. We just have to keep them away until she's done. And Calvin's like, well, when's that going to be? And Rowden has no clue. Really, at this point, I mean, he says he's tried, but he's like, you, not all of us are as docile. I feel like you need to warn her that there are there's a horde of insane people who will try to rip you apart with their hands, and maybe you want to
2: be cautious here. Like, there's a big difference between, hey, not
1: everyone's as nice as us, and that.
2: Yeah. Because all it's going to take is one attack from that, and Horatian's going to be like, called it! Yep. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And then we cut to Raoden practicing his Aeons some more. And, uh, you know, they still do nothing, but he's trying He's, he's trying to learn everything that he can. And Galen's like, hey, that's uh, you're getting good. And uh, he then Raoden asks how the crops are coming along. And Galadon, there's apparently little corn stalks sh- shooting out. Well, the last week, it seen the disappearance of most of the workers that he'd had to help with the farm. Now he's the only one left. Every day, he made several treks to the well to bring water back for the plants. But he couldn't carry much because the buckets that Serene had given them leak. <laughs> oh, gosh. And he's like, have Krah to send for some fertilizer in the next order. And Ron's like, no, we can't let the king know that we're, like, growing our own food. And so he's like, well, ask for some fish. Claim that you suddenly got a craving for trike. And then we find out about the Aeon. He's practicing Aeon which was apparently used for transportation. You can move. Says a, a person can move from a lantern to the other side of the world. But it's also one of the most dangerous Aeons because you have to say exactly where you want to go. And when you do that, you will go there, regardless of if there happens to be something else, like a stone wall already there that you would materialize inside of so that's risky
2: (laughs) ah the joys of teleportation
1: (laughs) right and then we he he has an interesting note about a case that he found in that book of weird shit woman comes in for treatment for palsy the elantrian drew the aeon slightly wrong and instead of just vanishing like they usually do when they don't work it flashed and bathed the woman in reddish light she was left with black splotches on her skin and limp hair that soon fell out. Sound familiar? She died a short time later. She threw herself from a building, screaming that the pain was too much. So yeah, this sounds very similar to what we're seeing.
0: Hmm.
2: One minor fuck-up in uh, Heel turned into... turned this person into a gargoyle.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's, he says that he the person left out one of the three basic lines. A foolish error, but it shouldn't have had such a drastic effect. It's almost like the Aeon wasn't completed, and the process, like, froze mid midway through. And God's like, okay, so what are you saying? And Rams says, well, we're not dead. Our bodies are trapped in some, like, halfway through some transformation process. It began, but something blocked it, just like with the woman's healing. And so the door is waiting for enough energy to finish what it started. That's why we can't heal. It's like we're trapped in a moment in time. And Galadon's like, I feel like that's a big leap you're making here. And Ron's like, yeah, but I feel like it must be right. He's got a gut feeling here. We're not dead, Galadon, and we're not damned. We're just unfinished. He goes, okay, great. So still need to find out why. But I'm glad the book was of help. And Ron's like, you don't care about my studies at all. You just want to know if your book was useful. What is your deal with these books? And then he's he's picking at other things. He's like, you say you've only been in Elantris a few months, but you know every back road and alley. You led me straight to Sherwar's bank, and the market's not really a place you might have casually explored. And finally, uh, Galadon's like, dude, can I have no secrets? Do you have to drag every damn thing out of everybody? Like, come on. Which, okay, that's fair, right? Galadon reveals that his father was in Elantrian and he lived with him in Elantris for a while. Didn't really like living in Aralon, but, uh, you know. He says, I guess that's why the door decided to give me the same curse. They said Elantris was the most blessed of cities, but my father was never happy here. I guess even in paradise, there are those that don't fit in. That was his study. So I guess Galadon's dad is the one who was into uh, geography and shit. He studied farming and agriculture, though both were useless for an Elantrian because you could just turn garbage into food. <laughs> and then his Galadon's mom dies. Some diseases strike so quick that not even a an door can stop them. So my father became the only depressed Elantrian I ever knew. He was happy when I returned to Duladel. He told me to be a farmer. He died a year after I left. Do you know Elantrians can die of simple things, such as heart death? They live much longer than ordinary people, but they can still die, especially if they want to. That's yeah. kind of depressing.
0: Yeah, it's sad.
1: <laughs> and Ron's like, so you hate Elantris then? Which, I would totally think that that would be enough to make you hate Elantris. Galen's like, No, not really. We doulas don't hate stuff, really, but um, growing up in Atlantis with a bitter father made me a bad doula, as you have realized. I can't really take stuff as lightly as my people usually do. Poor Galadon. Yeah, just tragic. Round's like, okay, I'm not going to try to cheer you up, but I just want you to know I appreciate you. I don't know if you fit in here. I doubt any of us do, but I value your help, and if we succeed, it will be because you were there to help keep me from throwing myself off a building. And then that night, we get this last section where Rodin is trying to sleep, but something is bugging him. He's trying to think he heard something today that he didn't realize the meaning of, and he's trying to think back through it, and then he figures it out. And he runs back to the Hall of the Fall, and it was something he heard there, and there's a man saying, beautiful, once so very beautiful. And I don't know if you guys remember, but this is, I think, one of the very first people when Rodin comes to Elantris and first hears people like laying in the gutter or saying the same thing over and over. This guy is like the first or second guy that we hear. Oh. So it was built in pretty early, but uh, he realized, he gets the guy to say, he's like, what, what, what was it that was once so very beautiful? And the guy's like, we were so beautiful once. My hair was so bright, my skin full of light. So this guy has been here since before the Riyadh for 10 years, at least. Oh, really like, oh God. Right. Like, who knows how long it was before he became one of the Hoed and just in eternal pain, but probably not that long, given how quickly it happens to other people. So that's a long time to be laying there just saying the same thing over and over in pain. Yeah, don't, don't even want to think about it. And that's what Galadon is like, 10 years of suffering. But Risha's like, no, it, that's way too long. It's impossible. And Ron's like, well, where else would they go? I mean the survivors of the fall were locked in here. Maybe some burned themselves, maybe some escaped, but the rest would be like him.
2: And also like, as much as I keep saying people should give, um, cut Marishi some slack. It's like, dude, you've only been here a few weeks yourself. You're not an expert. (laughs) That's true. Like, what do you think happens, man?
1: And the guy actually is getting, he seems to not be as far gone. Like he's getting some new words out there. He's like, take me out. And Ron says, where? And he says, the lake. He's like, I don't know what you mean, old man. But the guy moves, his eyes move. He looks at the door and runs, like, okay, get a light, let's go. And so they carry this guy, and none of them are real strong anymore, so it's not easy. But he, he manages to, with his eyes, show them where he wants to go. And he leads them to a building, which Galadon says, I think it was some sort of meeting house for Lantrians. My father came here sometimes, but I was never allowed to go. Which now Karada is like, wait, what? So she finds out that about the dad also. And they go into a room, an empty, nondescript room. The guy's looking at the floor and they see there's aeons there. And so they're trying to figure out what they mean. And Gallon's like, or Ren's like, push on it. And Gallon's like, I'm trying to push on it. It's not doing anything. And Karada's over here like, uh-huh. maybe it's this one, the one that means open. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: and so she pushes it and like, secret door opens which hey that's pretty cool
2: some of it still works
1: yeah and so they find like some uh some weird like images drawn on the wall and round's like this place is holy a shrine of some sort and really we've heard the dealing were basically gods but we don't know anything about what they really believed and so even Calvin's like i don't know my dad never talked about religion but his people kept a lot of secrets even from their families and there's one mural that, pictures, that depicts, rather, a mirror-like blue oval, and a guy seems to be flying into it, and the old Lantrian calls it a lake. And Grodd is like, oh, it's painted sideways. He's falling into a lake. And Galadon says, it's like the water was a, considered a gate of some sort. And he's like, it's, I think he wants us to throw him in. Galadon, did you ever see an Lantrian funeral? And Galadon says, nope. So they follow kind of this guy's direction. They find a bunch more books. And they notice that there's no slime here. First place in town, not covered with slime. And lanterns on the walls. So they didn't use magic to make light in here like everywhere else in town. So that's weird.
2: No magic allowed here.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's what Karata guesses, at least. It's like, Aeondor must have been forbidden here for some reason. Galadin's like, so no Aeons, no slime? Is that a coincidence? To which Raden says, perhaps. I feel like, no, but who knows. And that's when, following the guy's eyes once again, they find a long, seemingly endless passage cut into the stone, and they follow it down. Or really, they follow it up, because they end up on a mountain, basically. Abutting but the slope to the north was the city of Kay, and to the northwest stood the enormous monolith that was Elantris. And they go up, and there, sure enough, is a lake. And they put him in the lake, he releases a blissful sigh his face seems smooth, his eyes become alive again, and he dissolves.
2: And uh, you'll laugh. My stupid thought when they got to the top was like, hang on, they climbed to the top of a mountain, there's a lake in in a crater. Did they just walk into a volcano and put him in there?
1: <laughs> Volcanoes have made a comeback. Oh
2: dear. Yeah. <laughs> that's sure, what that's not, not what they were going magic. for, but uh, just uh, popped into my head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wouldn't it be ironic if we find out at the end that Elantris magic got screwed up because of a volcano. <laughs>
0: Whoops.
1: Oh, uh, gosh. And uh, they're like, wow, okay, that was weird. And Rodan's like, dude, when I'm hoed, I want you to bring me here, okay? Don't make me live in pain. And God was like, whatever, man. You're young for Elantris still. You'll last for years. And Rodan just makes him swear that they'll bring him back. They'll bring him here. And then they go back to the city. And that is the end of our chapters. For this time so uh, I think when I listen to Joe's thing one of the things he mentioned was there's kind of it's just kind of some downer stuff here I'm like yeah a little bit at least they found a way out of the pain if they ever want to commit suicide you don't have to burn yourself and hope maybe the pain ends
2: yep they have a uh, at least they think it's painless
1: the guy seemed to enjoy it when they put him in so it's a good sign I guess yeah <laughs> so okay let us do predigments. what do you guys think is going to happen from here.
3: But I guess uh, with that, I'm going to move on to predictions, okay? So, again, I predict that Serenity and Raiden are going to figure out, like, she's going to connect the dots. She's going to figure out who he is um, with the help of Aish or by herself. However that happens, she's going to figure it out, and hopefully that connection will be uh, be good. Uh, I would love if Raiden's friends figured out that it was him, but it'd also be kind of sad, so I don't really know. Um, Rathan. I don't know where he's going. Maybe maybe this will strengthen. Maybe he'll come through on the other side of this with a stronger faith. Or maybe he'll be completely thrown and like start serving Shukorath. That would be weird, right? Maybe Diloth will take over and that's what, what Raiden will actually want. But that would mean turning his back on people and, and not caring about pain that they're being caused. So I just don't see that happening. And uh, yeah, I hope Raiden... I, I predict Raiden's going to figure out something with this magic. Some, some reason that the magic's not working in Elantris... And, and maybe he just needs Serenity's help to do it. She's a she's a smart woman, obviously. He's saying, you know, he notices that in the chapter that she's got something he didn't have, something that took him a long time to do. She's done very quickly. So maybe he just needs her help with all this, and, and maybe that'll that'll fix it. I don't know. But yeah, uh, that's what I'm hoping happens.
0: Okay. Look, I think now that we as assailant men are sort of becoming fewer, I think we probably are going to see Shayor's men break through sooner rather than later. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily going to go well for our nobles inside. Possibly, you know, they'll, they'll come under attack. Maybe we'll lose some nobles. Probably not nobles that we know because they seem to be on a rotation coming into the city. and will be there. He'd probably rescue Sereni. She will go back to New Elantris and I guess learn what's actually going on there. Whether that all happens in the next few chapters or the next you know, sections, I, I'm not sure if it'll be that quick, but we are 50% of the way through. So probably sooner rather than later.
1: 57% now, actually.
0: Yeah. Okay. I guess maybe before that happens. Maybe Ash will get some more information about what's actually going on too. I mean, he's trying to go through fairly unnoticed, I guess, as well. Mm-hmm. Don't know how much that he'll actually be able to find out to get back to Serenie without, you know, finding everything out going to New Elantris. I think it makes sense for her to go further into Elantris at this point. They keep coming back to Raiden feeling the pain more than anybody else which is sort of hard to judge because we don't see anyone else's viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it, you know, is it a case of he just can't cope with it or is there something that's actually making him feel it more, which I think we'll probably Mm -hmm. find out sooner. Well, I'm hoping we find out a bit sooner, especially knowing a bit more about the magic involved now. And... Maybe maybe we'll actually find some more original Elantrians in the Howard as well, going around actually listening more to what they've got to say. You know who's mm-hmm. actually losing it? Because I mean, the sad thing about the guy that we just saw, he seemed to like his mind. He knew what he was talking about. He he wasn't gone. He just couldn't communicate it very well, which is really sad. They're all in pain, but they're all still pretty well there. They've not gone totally crazy. So. Maybe there's, uh, I mean, now that they know that there's an Elantrian or there was an original Elantrian in there, maybe there's more Elantrians that can give them some more clues as to what's going on with the magic. They've definitely come a long way in these chapters that we've just read, but now knowing about this space, there's more books and all that sort of stuff, maybe there's more secrets in there to the magic as well, potentially things that were forbidden or, or not talked about, given that there's no magic down there. It's a dangerous side to the magic, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm hoping that in the long run they'll find a way to actually reverse it. If if what Rayodan's sort of speculating is true, that would be nice to have a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Where they can all go back. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say that maybe Rayodan won't make it back. Maybe he might yeah. be able to make it better for other people, but in the end he won't survive it. That'd be sad. I like the, it would be bad. But,
1: yeah, yeah I, I like the thought that if there's more like original Atlanteans, that would be perfect. Like people who actually knew about this stuff and might be able to help. Especially because in the same chapter we got this and saying that they're trying to give them food in the hopes that maybe it'll bring some of them around. So they got this new plan to kind of bring people around a little bit, and now we have a reason why maybe we want them to be able to bring some more people around. Hmm. Cause that would be some good information that there's no other way to get at this point if you could find the Lantrian who was there.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I also really like your idea that uh, they're going to attack, and you, as soon as you're like, they're going to attack and maybe kill some nobles, I was like, who in our story could we see killed? And like, would, that would make things better or make things worse in some way? Like, what if Telri is like murdered by Lantrians? Like, is that bad for Herathon's plan? Would he be really mad about that? Or does that actually it kind of helps him because you see them being bad. So maybe it's good for his plan.
2: I feel like he can always find someone else to sit the throne if he needed. Probably.
1: Yeah, That's true.
0: There's a, a lot of his plans that aren't going to plan at the moment. Like he's mm-hmm. banking on the fact that Iden's completely broke and won't, you know, won't be able to sustain being king. Whereas he doesn't know Serene's just secured this deal, which actually helps him immensely. So having Tellery around, you know, to, to step in, that probably won't happen anyway because Serene has plugged, you know, his plans at a couple of stages so far that he doesn't know about. Yep.
1: I think, I think we're still not clear if it's enough money to save the day because Tellery's like, Oh, he's got this new money coming in and Raiden's like, it won't be enough. So I guess we don't know yet whether Serene's plan, is going to be enough to save him. She seems to at least hope it will be. What if the king went into all interest, uh, And because everyone else was doing, it was a cool thing to do. And he got killed.
0: Ooh. That'd be interesting.
1: Even, even like Royal or shooting like that would be a big wrench in the plans. if one of these, those people was killed.
2: And that also might, you know, Raiden sees his father die in front of him. And then he's like, starts screaming about it. Cause like as much as he hates his father's policies, he still cares about him as a person. So right. could, that, could, want- that could blow his cover. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, so, yeah, interesting. Okay. Mm.
2: Possibilities coming. Yes. Uh, I don't have anywhere near as much. Um, I, I, I agree. I think they're going to start finding more and more of the older Lantrians um, among the Hoed. Um, and I feel like Rowden's probably going to try and take them up to the lake and just sort of give them rest. And I feel like the, doing that's probably going to have some sort of knock-on effect for the actual magic itself by returning people who are you know, using some of the like the magic, some of the door, returning to the pool so they dissolve and uh, float free is going to try and... It'll probably bring some of the door back,
3: like, mm. you know, return,
2: re- return some of it to like the magic stream, the reserves, and like, maybe help them fill back up a little bit so they can actually start using the magic properly.
1: That's a good thought, actually. Go, you you had your theory last time about like you know maybe there's a door open somewhere and the door is leaking out, and so yeah, yeah, if we if we pump some more in there by getting rid of some of these people who are using some of it, yeah, that's a good thought.
2: Yeah, it could it could build it back up a bit, yeah. I mean, I still think the door needs to be closed so it can be controlled, but like if there's enough for reserve, and plus like so, and also with that, like as they find more Elantrians, I'll have to find someone among them who's loose enough to, lucid enough to at least sort of explain what's going on, because otherwise we're really not going to get much in the way of answers.
1: Mm, yeah, maybe not. You yeah. feel like so somebody's got to know something, hopefully, or else... Yeah. Yeah. Also of note, though, is we talked about last time, how you're like, you know, if there's, there's magic leaking out somewhere, and I was like, well, we'll have to be on the lookout for something weird and magical happening. And then lo and behold, we have some freaky magic lake on a mountain that dissolves people, so...
2: Yeah, it possibly seem, related it, it doesn't so seem it. to be affect, affected by the rest of the loss of the door considering it still it still works fine when all the other magic stuff doesn't so
1: assuming that's what the lake was supposed to do we have no idea actually maybe he was like take me to the lake it'll fix me and then it destroys him instead yeah. yeah well and
2: then possibly he's
1: he's like, wait no,
2: <laughs> no he, uh, he didn't seem to have that reaction but i guess you don't know that's true his, his mind was so far gone by that point
1: he seemed kind
2: of happy at the end, so, I mean... Yeah. I and mean, we know that, like, the El- Elantrians definitely worshipped the lake in some way, because they had the murals about it, but, uh...
1: That's true, mm-hmm. yeah. The murals of, like, flying into the lake, or diving, or whatever, sideways yeah. into the lake,
2: yeah. Maybe old Elantris had some rule. It's like, you know, after a hundred years of being an Elantrian, then you go into the lake, you return your magic to the well, um, mm. and, the, and the process starts over. Someone else can become... Uh, an Elantrian or something. I don't know.
1: I was going to say, that's really interesting. Like maybe you can only get a new Elantrian when an old one like goes into the lake and disappears, but we get new Elantrians all the time. And I don't yeah, think anyone feel else like going to that lake. So
2: That, that doesn't line up. Not, yeah. not, unless you've, not unless you've got one Elantrian who's still with it enough and he's just been sneaking people out a few, a few days at a time and just like, all right, into the lake you go. Oh,
1: that would be funny. Like like one old Elantrian like, living on their own sneaking around kind of like Ben Gunn on Treasure Island or something that's yeah yeah that's actually a really cool idea we're gonna have this like guy guy we've seen in the background several times and eventually you realize that he's more than he seems yep okay anything else any other thoughts no that's really about it alright we actually did have two emails this week but since my computer died at the beginning of this episode and I can't access that email account from my phone we will have to save those for next time
2: (laughs) That's right. We'll save uh, when Joe's back.
1: Yeah, yeah. Joe can be here. Maybe they'll say mean things about him. I don't remember what they said. So, <laughs>
2: uh,
1: give him a chance to react. It'll be great. Uh, anyway, so for next time, we are bumping up to six chapters that we are reading.
2: Hey. So
1: 26. Ooh. Let me count to make sure I got them all. 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, and 31. 26 through 31. Six chapters. So, as you might imagine, that means some of them are rather short chapters, but uh, mm. they should be pretty interesting, and I'm excited to, uh, to get to those.
0: Things so, happening rapidly.
1: Yeah. We're going we're gonna to start the Sandalanch 57% of the way through the book. It'll be great. It's all just action from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little much,
0: actually. Let's not do that. <laughs> Probably not at and the Sandalanch quite yet.
2: Yeah. And then suddenly Elantris caught yeah. fire.
1: Oh, God, everything's on fire. The fire door's on fire.
2: <laughs> it's like the entire second half of the book. It's like, oh, it's the Great Chicago Fire fantasy setting. We're just running around like chickens
1: with their heads <laughs> cut off. It'd be great.
2: Yep. Rathan's trying to preach in the middle of it. It's like, just settle down. Settle down. It's all part of the plan, people. <laughs> it's all part of the plan.
1: But if you would like to send us emails, the email address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all those sorts of places. Also, because we are recording episodes more rapidly in the next few weeks, because there'll be some weeks where we don't record. If you are sending an email, even aside from the fact that, like I said, the ones that came in this week were not even reading this week. So um, it may be a while before you hear your email on the show, is what I'm saying. So don't get discouraged. Other than that, music by Miracle of Sound. And buzzing to the time of next. Love. My name's Jewel and all. Get up, get out of here.